wrestling and sports fans. This is the E's and B's, the bacon and eggs of pro wrestling sports podcast. And I'm your host, Eddie B. Kind of breakfast for you today with a World Series recap, NFL Week 8 trade deadline update, NASCAR short track preview, UFC 268 outlook, NPK finals, NBA and NHL games of the weekend, and you guessed it, some wrestling! You're listening to the best breakfast wrestling sports podcast on your Fridays, it's the E's and B's podcast. Hey, Evelyn. Can I ask you a question? You got a moment? Mm-hmm. Which team do you play for? Well, I, I'm a peach. Well, I was just wondering, because I couldn't figure out why you would throw home when we've got a two-run lead. You let the tying run get on second, and we lost the lead because of you. Now you start using your head. That's that left that's three feet above your ass. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. Why don't you leave her alone, Jimmy? Oh, you zip it, Doris. Rogers Hornsby was my manager, and he called me a talking pile of pig shit. And that was when my parents drove all the way down from Michigan to see me play the game. And did I cry? No, no. No! No! And you know why? No. Because there's no crying in baseball. Presence with authority. This guy's a first ball fastball hitter. He's looking for heat. Oh, yeah? So what? He ain't seen my heat. All right, me. Give him your heat. Why is he always calling me me? I'm the guy driving a Porsche. Fastball. Welcome on into the E's and B's. Thanks for joining us here on the first thankful Friday in November 2021. And just like a 3-2 changeup, let's crack them eggs and get to the sunny side. Man, oh man, what? A home run of a week in sports has been this last week. That's right, all kinds of craziness. As you know, the World Series wrapping up week eight in the NFL. And a lot, a lot of great wrestling. But let's jump right into the sunny side and talk week eight NFL. Starting off with last Thursday as the Packers finally, finally, somebody knocking off the Arizona Cardinals and and defeating them 24-21. And congratulations to the 1972 Miami Dolphins as they finally can pop that champagne top. That's right, as they can celebrate 
as still the best team ever. Uh, moving on over into Sunday, we had the Jets over the Bengals, 34-31. Titans over the Colts, 34-31. Rams over the Texans, 38-22. Steelers over the Browns, 15-10. Eagles over the Lions, 44-6. 49ers over the Bears, 33-22. Seahawks over the Jags, 31-7. Broncos over Washington, 17-10. Panthers over Falcons, 19-13. Bills over Cheaters over Chargers 27-24. Saints over the Bucks 36-27. Cowboys over the Vikings 2016. And on Monday night we had the Kansas City Chiefs defeating the New York Giants in a close nail biter 20 to 17, folks. That was week eight. A lot of crazy news, of course. As you all know, Tuesday was the trade deadline there in the NFL. And let's be honest. The only real big splash, big name trades that we heard about, well, was right here in the state of Colorado and none other than Von Miller. That's right, folks. The face of the Broncos on the defensive side, anyhow, has now been moved to the Los Angeles Rams. And heck, we're going to see him play right there for the Rams this Sunday. So interesting stuff for them. You know, uh, I know it's been kicked around for the last two seasons here in Colorado about Von Miller's contract and what to do. And finally, um, it seems that they pulled the trigger and they're cleaning the space out as, you know, the other rumor might be the extra cap space and money they're going to need in this offseason to pick up Aaron Rodgers. Well, we'll have to wait and see how that shakes out for them as it didn't turn out too good this year. Uh, the other big name, of course, Mark Ingram getting traded from the Texans back to his uh, beloved New Orleans Saints, of course, I know Kamara is going to be happy to have him alongside because the big news this past weekend for them, well, they lost their quarterback for the rest of the season. And Jameis Winston going down with a torn ACL last Sunday. Unfortunate news for the Saints. They've been on fire here recently. Jameis, you know, coming on into the season with a lot of pressure on his shoulders. Could he fill Drew Brees' shoes? Well, in my eyes, he's done a heck of a job. Unfortunately for him, He's going to have to wait until next year to prove him wrong. Uh, uh, we'll have to wait and see who they choose to put in that spot. Is it going to be Taysom Hill or are they going to look for another trade here in the off or here in the next couple few weeks? You know, the trade deadline might have hit, but there still is an option for you to pick team or excuse me, pick players up off of the practice squads and such. So, who knows? We'll keep our eyes on that. Uh, that's a very very sticky situation there in New Orleans in the quarterback room, that's for sure. Um, and other big news, of course, people going down, seeing the doctor's office this week there in the NFL, running back Derrick Henry of the Tennessee Titans. He is no longer going to be hitting the field this season as he had to have foot surgery earlier this week. So he is out for the season. And the other big name we will talk about here with the shoulder injury is the recently traded last season into this year, or excuse me, picked up over there in Arizona, J.J. Watt, the defensive end. That's right, folks. Shoulder injury for him. So it'll be a uh, small timetable on when he'll be back, but we do know this. No Derrick Henry. No Jameis Winston. So big, big blows for some very, very solid teams going forward here after week eight. We'll keep our eyes posted to see what happens here in week nine. We'll let you guys know all the winners and losers right here on the E's and B's. Make sure you guys like, share, subscribe, pass the gravy, spread the butter, Tell a friend, tell a fan member, tell someone about the best Breakfast Wrestling and Sports podcast on your Fridays. Keeping it on the football field, that's right. Of course, just announced over the weekend, the college playoff pool. That's right, the top six. We've got them right here for you, starting off with number one in Georgia, holding down the one spot. In the two spot, it's Alabama. Three spot, Michigan State. And the four spot, originally the last spot in, is Oregon. Five and six is a close. Ohio State and Cincinnati. It could go any way, as we all know. The All these coaches' polls, they, they all are, you know, speculation on which way they're voted on. I, I've been saying it for many, many years. I think it's all bullshit. They need to have one poll, one poll only, and go off of that. And also with this play-in, we've got to have more than four teams in this play-in, my, in my, my opinion. As uh, there's better teams sometimes that get overlooked every year in this situation. Of course, we could have a whole episode here on the E's and B's about teams getting 
screwed out of bowl games and such, but we won't dive into that. But like I said, that's the top four going in the first installment of the college football playoff poll. That's right, folks. Georgia, Alabama, Michigan State, and Oregon. As it speaks, of course, I guarantee you this. We'll talk next week right here on the E's and B's, and it's going to be completely different. Switching things up from the football field over to let's race around them things. That's right. In the racing world, NASCAR. That's right. The final race of the season going down this weekend right there in Phoenix as the final four have been set. And boy, oh boy, what an exciting race it was last weekend there in Martinsville to determine what four we're going to be going at it this Sunday in Phoenix. And as we all know, going down, it's going to be already dominating all season long and guaranteed his way about three weeks ago, the number five machine of Kyle Larson, followed up with the number 11 machine of Denny Hamlin, the number nine machine of Chase Elliott, and squeezing his way in there. That's right, the last man in after this last race there in Martinsville on Sunday was the number 19 machine of Martin Truex Jr. Uh, of course, he squeezed out a teammate, uh, I mean, Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch, you know, Said it blankly right after the race. They just didn't have it this year. Um, you know, it's uh, been a, it's a crazy season for all the other manufacturers other than Chevy, in my opinion, as Chevy has just downright dominated from week one. I mean, I know we had a Ford winner in Daytona, but in my opinions, it's really, you know, Fords have been playing catch up all year long, Toyota as well. It's been Chevy all season, but. We'll keep our eyes this weekend as it's going to be between the Chevys and the Toyotas. It's going to be a very interesting race. And I do want to note, at the end of last weekend's race, the number 48 machine, Alex Bowman, not becoming very, uh, well, friendly, I should say, on Denny Hamlin's list as he spun him out at the end of the race, taking him out of contention to win the race as Hamlin dominated pretty much all day in his home state there in Virginia at Martinsville. But... After the race was over, the big story was Alex Bowman going for his victory burnout, and it was cut short, folks. That's right, the number 11 machine of Denny Hamlin pulling up on the front stretch, putting his nose to the nose of the 48 machine, and didn't allow him to do the burnout. Uh, of course, you know, he drove drove off afterwards after being you know told in the headset, hey, big picture here, you got one more race to go. But when he got out of the car... The, uh, the boos were array. That's right. Everybody in the stands booing Denny Hamlin. And he was pissed. Let me tell you. Here's what he had to say. Denny, I know obviously you're not happy with what happened, but what is your take on the contact down there? He's just a hack. He's just an absolute hack. Um, he gets his ass kicked by the teammates every week. It's just, you know, he's terrible. He's just terrible. And he sees one opportunity and he, he takes it. But obviously... Um, He's got the fast car every week, and he runs 10th. So um, he, he you know, didn't want to race us there. We, we had a good, clean race. I moved up as high as I could on the racetrack to give him all the room I could, and he still can't drive. To be that close with the day you guys had to come from the back, how much more frustrating does that make it to get cleaned out, in your opinion, there at the very end? I didn't hear what you said. To have the day you guys had coming from the back like you did, does that make it worse at the end? Uh, no, I mean, you know, we got in, we did what we had to do, but, like, I just wanted to race uh, there at the end, and just, um, you know, he's just terrible. Thanks, Denny. There you have it. That's the word straight from the horse's mouth. Uh, you heard the booze in the background. Sounds like he didn't really want to say what he said at the end as he pulled the old I didn't hear you question. Um, it's going to be very interesting, folks, going into Phoenix this Sunday. The last race of the NASCAR 2021 season. Who do you got? I want to know out there. Make sure you guys like, share, subscribe, leave the comment below. Let me just tell you this. Believe it or not, all season long, I've secretly had money on two out of the four drivers going into this weekend. That's right. And it was actually all done by air as uh, LB and I was trying to bet at the beginning of the season for Daytona. And we actually selected on winning the, the NASCAR 2021 championship. And both of us selected a couple drivers. And believe it or not, we've got some money riding on the race this weekend. So we're going to keep our eyes peeled. We'll give all you guys the winners, losers, and big storylines from the last NASCAR race of the 2021 season next week right here 
Moving over to the short track world. That's right, one short track race left in the season there on the East Coast. And it went down there in Nashville last weekend at the All-American 400 weekend. Of course, rain putting a little damper on some of the things. Didn't ruin any of the races. But here's how some of those races turned out in the late model division. Cole Williams held off the hard-charging season champion, Cody Coughlin. And if you go back and read some of the comments, Cody very, very unhappy with uh, how he got to finish second as Cole Williams claiming, you know, hey, Cody's done it to me. I did it to him. You know, you got to take and give. Of course, both didn't see it that way. So very interesting race. Go back and check those highlights out. See what you guys think on that. Give us your thoughts and opinions. Over in the super late models, Matt Craig wins over Jackson Boom and Derek Griffith. Of course, Griffith, we know, has been dominating all season. We talked about him at the beginning of the year. That's right, in New Samara, he was killing it there all season long. So congratulations on a solid season for Derek Griffith. But a big congratulations to Matt Craig in the big late models win last weekend there at the All-American 400 over in the Voorhees. Compact division. It was another one of our favorites. That's right, the zero machine of Tom Gosser getting the win over Kyle Frame and Dylan Kalen there last weekend in Nashville. And last but not least, our favorites. That's right, the CRA Street Stocks. Of course, we talked about it last week. We had a couple NASCAR legends running door to door with these boys and Kenny Schrader and Kenny Wallace. Well, neither one of those guys got the win, but they had a very solid outing getting the win was the double zero machine of Brett Hudson coming in second was a 44 machine of Chuck Barnes. And third, folks, was the old vet himself in the five car, Kenny Schrader. Kenny Wallace finished sixth, so congratulations to all the drivers this year in all the divisions from us right here from the E's and B's podcast. Of course, like we said, we'll be keeping an eye on some of the things. We know there's one more Outlaw figure eight race going down before the end of the season, December 4th in California, folks. We'll keep you guys posted as we think some of our favorites, some of the E's and B's veterans are going to be traveling out west to show them what they got there on December. So we'll let you guys know uh, all the information up to date for that one. And also, of course, after that, we'll lead you guys up to into next season, the 2022 season, as it'll be right here before we know it, all of the hot. Racing seat or all the hot racing starting right there in February. We'll keep you guys updated on all the car changes, driver changes, and all that great news right here on the E's and B's. Keeping it moving here on the sunny side in the racing world. How about last weekend's finals for the No Prep Kings? That's right, Street Outlaws season four, race 15, going down there in Bradenton, Florida. The last race, it was double points. And we touched on it last week, as we all knew. There was four drivers in this hunt for the Season 4 championship. Ryan Martin, of course, has been dominating all season long. Has had, had these, or excuse me, has held these boys in check. And, of course, we knew Robin Roberts, Justin Swantrum, and Kai Kelly, the other three that had a potential chance to win going into last Saturday. Well, things didn't shake out too well for him. We know there was a lot of uh, offers made for Ryan to pull or excuse me, for call-outs, $10,000 call-outs, you know, he should be called out by his own teammate, and they lay down for him. But in the end, Ryan did with the right thing. He pulled from the bucket, and believe it or not, he actually got one of his best friends, a 405 team member in Murder Nova, and in the first round right there, he knocked him off, getting the win, and sewing up the 2021 Season 4 MPK Championship. Congratulations to Ryan Martin and Team Fireball on an amazing, amazing season. And I can't wait to see what he's got in store for next year. As we all know, the America's Top 20 list will be the next thing they show and talk about. That's three weeks. It's coming up next week. I'm going to try to get some information on where they're going to be racing at. Of course, last year they raced in Nebraska. And let me tell you, the weather and the road were the equalizer on that show. Of course, Brandon James was the winner of that, winning 100, or no, excuse me, Axeman was the winner of that, uh, coming out on top. There was a lot of games played. Uh, we'll have to wait and see how they they do it this year, as I think there will be a lot of different rules uh, in play for the top 20 America's list. And we'll keep you guys updated. Of course, we're not done with the no prep. 
We're going to keep our eyes to the street all winter long as we know off-the-trailer races are going to be happening. And don't forget, coming up next weekend, the world's largest small tire no-prep race going down Crossville, Tennessee, $100,000 to win. 256 cars, folks. 256 of the fastest small tire no prep cars in America are going to be in Crossville, Tennessee. You don't want to miss it. There's going to be all kinds of live feed. I'll give you all the information I can get next Friday right here on the E's and B's. I'm so excited. We'll be talking a little bit more about that next week. Last thing I got here on the sunny side up before we switch it on over to the meet is this week's NHL and NBA games of the weekend. How about Tampa Bay taking on Ottawa on Saturday and Boston taking on Toronto as well on Saturday. And then over on Sunday, the game not to miss will be Vegas versus Detroit. That's your three NHL games of the weekend. Moving over to the hardwood. How about in the NBA game one, Utah Jazz taking on the Miami Heat on Saturday along with the L.A. Lakers taking on the Portland Trailblazers, both those games on Saturday. And then switching over to Sunday, we have the San Antonio Spurs taking on Oklahoma City. And those are the three NBA games to watch this weekend. Folks, that's all I got this week right here on the sunny side. Stay up, stay tuned. Coming up next, we're going to dive into the 2021 World Series. We're going to talk baseball, break it all down. And let you know what we thought right here. You're listening to the E's and B's Podcast. segment right here on the E's and B's this week we're diving into of course as you heard right there in the opening the 2021 World Series and now 2021 World Series champs the Atlanta Braves congratulations to them from us here at the E's and B's but we're gonna dive into it a little bit and let you know how we got there and some of the good stories along the way Atlanta of course back in the World Series for the first time since 1995 in the Maddox Smoltz and MVP Tom Glavin with, of course, rookie Chipper Jones era. Um, they were the team to beat back then. This year, quietly getting there, you know, they were a solid team. Losing Acuna, their best player, before the playoffs even started. You know, you know, a lot of people questioned if they even had a chance. They made it all the way. Of course, this is their sixth appearance since 1966. On the other hand, Houston... This being, of course, three out of the past five years that they've been in the World Series. Of course, they've only been on top 
in the most controversial World Series back in 2017. Let's talk about how Houston got to the World Series this year. In the regular season, they ended up with a regular season of a record of 95 wins and 67 losses. They got their way all the way to the ALDS and handily put it to the White Sox, defeating them 3-1. to And of course, moving on to the LCS, or excuse me, the ALCS. And a little tougher series for them there, as it took them four wins to two over the Boston Red Sox. And of course, that's what catapulted the Houston Astros to the World Series. On the other side, Atlanta's road. This year in the regular season, their record was 88 wins and 73 losses. In the NLDS, they beat the Milwaukee Brewers 3-1 to in that series, advancing to the NLCS, and of course, knocking off the favorite and returning world champions, the Los Angeles Dodgers. That's right, everybody's happy when they lose, right? They beat them in four games to two in that series, catapulting to the World Series now. As we talked, ending right there, they said it this past Tuesday. The World Series series went to four games, Atlanta, two to Houston. A very, very great series, of course. Uh, I called this. If you go back two episodes, I said the Braves in six. And I'll be darned if it didn't happen that way. Wish I would have put some money on the line because I might have had a little bit of bragging rights uh, here this Friday to talk about. How about let's talk about bragging rights for the MVP that's right, the MVP utility player this year was number 12, Jorge Solar, hitting a solid 300 with a 391 on base average. He had six hits, he was six for 20, three of those being home runs. He had six RBIs and a double just in the World Series, folks. I know sometimes if you look at those stats, hey, seeing somebody going six for 20 and winning the MVP. You know, sometimes could bring up a red flag, but honestly, let's be honest with ourselves. When you hit three home runs in the biggest series all year long, that speaks for itself right there. On top of that, accounting for six runs, that's, you know, that's one whole game. Uh, one, one game win right there, just in RBIs himself. And of course, the one extra base hit. So, congratulations to number 12, Jorge Solar on the MVP for this year's World Series, folks. That's all I got as the Astros gets killed softly by the Atlanta Braves. We'll keep you guys updated in the offseason with any MLB offseason trades or moves. All the big splash drama going on all offseason. You'll have it right here on the E's and B's, folks. With that, that's all I got this week on the meet. Stay tuned. Coming up next, it's the Scrambled segment. And you know it. We're going to be talking some. You're listening to the E's and B's podcast. particularly in the best mood. If I could talk to you guys seriously for a couple of minutes, I'd super appreciate it. There's two people who aren't here today, and one has a very legitimate reason as to not be here, and that's the name I want to hear chanted. His name is John Moxley. time out here listening to you guys chant for him right now because it's important. It's important to me. I have some history with John Moxley. We're not super tight. We're not the best of friends. But 
You know, last night, I'm traveling here in a car. I got Larry riding shotgun, and I get a phone call. And I have this situation explained to me. And I know what it's like to go and go and think you have to be so tough and better than everybody else and wrap up injuries and be sick and show up to work and do all these things that get compounded and help other people and be super generous and eventually get to a point where you have to take yourself off the hamster wheel. And I've been criticized for it. I don't want anybody to criticize John Moxley because I am goddamn proud of him. There you have it. As we all know, it's the scramble segment. We're going to talk some wrestling coming off the hills of some very, very disturbing news this last week. Very unfortunate news, but as you heard there from the opening with CM Punk, everybody's thoughts, prayers, and everything with John Moxley right now as he's going through this very, very tough time, of course, turning himself into inpatient rehab for the alcohol problem he claims to have. Um, we congratulate him from us right here on the E's and B's from being a bigger man, a better man than most out there. Let me tell you, folks, it takes a man to admit when you're wrong, but it takes a bigger man to change your actions for your family like he's doing right there, folks. So congratulations to John Moxley. We're all behind you in the wrestling world, that's for sure, just like CM Punk said. And we'll touch on that as it goes forward in that story. Unfortunate news there in the AEW. But let's talk about some wrestling, of course. We're on the hills next weekend, full gear, going down in Minnesota for the AEW crew. And then we're two weeks out for the great Survivor Series in New York City at the Madison Square Garden. Man, oh man, it should be a great month of November for wrestling pay-per-views. I cannot wait. Of course, this last Wednesday, AEW was there in Kansas City with another sold-out banger on Dynamite. Some uh, great build-up, of course, going towards the full gear. We had a great promo from Jericho in the inner circle. Of course, they picked the three members who are going to be competing at full gear from American Top Team. And it's going to be none other than Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlowski, and the coach himself, Dan Lambert. I'll be darned. We didn't see that one coming. It's going to be very, very interesting. Of course, we'll be watching along here next weekend for the Full, ge full Gear pay-per-view. Other big storylines that are leading up into that. Hangman having to save the day for his buddy Alan Angels there last Wednesday as uh, Angels, of course... Had the singles competition match against the champion, Kenny Omega. Afterwards, Omega trying to take a little more advantage of the poor fella. And Hangman there to save the day with the chair. That storyline, I'm telling you folks, it's going to be a banger of a main event for Full Gear. Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page. I cannot wait. Who do you guys got out there in E's and B's land? Make sure you guys like, share, subscribe, pass the gravy, spread the butter, tell a friend, tell a family member, tell someone about the best Breakfast Wrestling and Sports podcast on your Fridays. Other things going on there on Dynamite. Brian Danielson will now be facing Miro. As you heard, of course, John Moxley, of course, removed from the number one contender tournament and has been replaced with Miro. Miro getting a huge, huge win over Orange Cassidy this past Wednesday. And now will be facing off against Brian Danielson. It's going to be a banger, folks. These guys got history, of course, working together back in the day in WWE. So I cannot wait to see what they put out there in the ring for us. Also, folks, this last Wednesday, the AAA tag team titles held by our favorites. That's right, FTR. They were put on the line against a couple of luchadors from down in Mexico. What an amazing match. I got to say, though, if you go back and check out the highlights, I, I definitely know the FTR were, weren't down with the flip-flops and dives. They definitely were down for wrestling, and you can see it through these luchadors off their game a little bit. I think one of the luchadors actually physically hurt himself trying to do some you know, crazy acrobatic dives. But uh, all in all, a great match in the end. FTR maintaining the titles, and now we'll be going into full gear and taking on the Lucha Brothers. And who knows, maybe coming out of there with both title belts. We'll keep our eyes on that, of course. 
Like I said, we'll break down full gear right here on the E's and B's next week. Let's switch over to the other channel. Well, maybe not as much excitement going on over there, but the storylines are building for Survivor Series as we spoke. Um, last, last Monday there on Raw, we had Becky Lynch getting a huge win over Bianca Belair. Um, this, the storyline, folks, for me is starting to get hard to follow. I'm not digging this big time Bex. It's just not working for me. Um, there's still a lot of confusion on which way they're going to go with her. I mean, let's face it, once she beats Bianca Belair at Survivor Series, what's next for her? Um, we know Charlotte Flair could be in the or in the helm, Sasha Banks, or are we going to be waiting along for Bailey to make her return next spring? Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Also there on Monday night, the Mysterio family. Folks, I called this months ago. Months ago. I've seen this one coming a mile away. I predict this. By Survivor Series, we are going to have Rey Mysterio versus his son, Dominic Mysterio, as he cost his father another big match just this last weekend. It's another good, good father-son feud storyline. I think uh, if they'd done it right, it would be very, very interesting to watch play out. But let's face it, not too much hype on the Dominic Mysterio side. So we'll keep our eyes, see what happens between the Mysterio feuds. Who knows, I could be wrong, they could be going in a complete different direction, but I think this thing is going to come to head very, very soon. Also there on Monday night, Kevin Owens, folks, you know, all week long on the social media outlets has been rumored that was his basically going away party this last Monday as he took on Big E in the main event, but also laid out a very, very cool promo. Um, you know, it's been rumored that he is the next to jump ship, head to AEW, join his buddies there in the elite group. It'll be very interesting if that's what comes to head, but we'll wait and see how that thing turns out. Last but not least, I want to talk about on the Raw this last Monday was the Damien Priest, folks. They've been switching this character slowly, and I think it's a good thing. I think a heel Damien Priest does us much better on the big brand than a babyface Damien Priest. That's just my opinion, so keep your eyes on that. Let me know what you guys think on that push and that that uh, storyline, which way it's going, if you like it or not. Switch over to Friday. Last Friday there on SmackDown, of course, the better show of the two, in our opinion. Uh, we had a, a match between Charlotte Flair and Shotzi. Of course, Sasha Banks was at ringside prior to this match. She stuck around, and it seemed to be that she was trying to help Shotzi get the win over Charlotte, but of course... In the end, Charlotte got the victory, and afterwards, we had a little blowout between the two as Sasha and Shotzi uh, are now feuding, and this seems to be a new storyline. I think this thing's going to heat up heading into the next two weeks before Survivor Series. Uh, you know, I'm not a big Shotzi Blackheart fan, but I do like what they're doing here with her, and I think uh, minus the tank, it could be very interesting. So we'll wait and see how that thing turns out. Of course, also on SmackDown, the main event on Friday, we had the New Day taking on the Usos for the one millionth time. Of course, this feud rekindling, um, but also another another fraction I want to bring up there on SmackDown that seems to be sticking their nose in where it doesn't belong is Hit Row, as uh, they uh, kind of seem to be stirring it up with the New Day. So who knows? Maybe these uh, three different fractions go forward into Survivor Series. It'd be very interesting to see. A four-way tag team match, you know, pick another team. Heck, you could throw anybody in there, Street Profits, whatever. But it'll uh, be very interesting to see. We'll keep our eyes, like I said, folks. We'll get you all up to date, going all the way into Survivor Series with all the WWE news right here on the E's and B's. Keeping it going here on the Scrambled segment. The last thing I want to talk about before we switch it over and get to the toast, or excuse me, the last wrestling thing, excuse me, I would like to talk about, how about last weekend? We talked all about it. And, of course, our last two guests right here on the E's and B's were from Rocky Mountain Pro. And last weekend, going down right there at Stanley Marketplace was Shocktober. Of course, the champion, Dustin Urich, here last week had his belt on the line. Going up against the number one contender, Balaam Lennox. One heck of a match, folks. If you guys have not checked out Rocky Mountain Pro, do yourself a favor. Go on Twitch. Look them up. The best Wrestling on Twitch, folks, in my opinion. Rocky Mountain Pro. Of course, you can uh, subscribe there to them on Twitch. Go back, check out all the old school matches and, and all the old school tapings and pay-per-views from back in the day. 
and check out the great, great action that went down this last Saturday there in Aurora, in Denver. Of course, I want to take a second out and congratulate, that's right, making his RMP debut last weekend, folks, and E's and B's veteran, Remy D. Man, oh man, congratulations to him. Of course, a very, very long road to get to this point. We'll talk a lot more about it coming up in just a couple weeks as we're going to have the E's and B's veteran Remy D back here on the podcast to talk about this crazy story. What led up to this debut last weekend and all the cool stuff into it. We'll have him right here. Make sure you guys stay tuned for that. Also, folks, I want to talk about one more match that went down last weekend. Make sure you guys go back, check it out. It was a hardcore, anything-goes match between the owner-operator of Rocky Mountain Pro, Matt Yaden, and he took on the Wizard King, and man, I was impressed. And uh, What a display these two put on, uh, using everything in sight, you know, chairs, tables, you name it, ladders, they were in, in involved in this match. Uh, I seen Yaden. He's been building up for this for a long time now, of course, back on this great, great training program he's been having, and uh, it showed. Unfortunately, though, in the end, the Wizard King becoming the new hardcore champion there at Rocky Mountain Pro, but I want to congratulate both gentlemen on an outstanding hardcore match last Saturday there. At the Stanley Marketplace, folks, like I said, Rocky Mountain Pro are doing big things. Uh, Gangrel was in the house. D'Lo Brown on commentary. Folks, make sure you guys go give them some love. Check them out. That's Rocky Mountain Pro Wrestling. They're live on Twitch every day. And all of their pay-per-view and live tapings as well. They're right there on Twitch. So make sure you guys check them out. Let them know that Eddie B from the E's and B's sent you. Well, with that, I got one more last thing here. Some more fighting news before we get to the toast. And that's what's coming up tomorrow night. UFC 268 going down New York City. Sold out Madison Square Garden. And we've got four bouts for you guys to keep an eye on. And here they are. Fight number one. It's the 8th ranked Frankie Edgar taking on the 13th ranked Marlon Vera in the bantamweight division. We're going to take Frankie Yeager, of course, a huge favorite here in the E's and B's house. Fight number two is the number two ranked Justin Gaethy, as he'll be taking on the number five ranked Michael Chandler. Folks, this is a don't-miss match in the lightweight division. Um, coin flip for that one, folks. I'm going to have to lead, lean towards the Colorado boy in Justin Gaethy in that one. Fight number three, it's the co-main event of the evening. The number one ranked, Will Lee, will be taking on the champion, Rose Namayanas in the straw weight championship bout. That's right, folks. Whaley versus Rose in the straw weight championship. We're going to have to say the belt stays right here in Colorado with Rose as we'll be cheering her on. And last but not least, in the main event, the match everybody's been talking about all week long, the number one contender, Colby Covington, will be taking on the champion, Kumara Usman, in the welterweight championship bout, folks. Five rounds, Madison Square Garden, going down tomorrow night, UFC 268. Be there or be square. That's right, folks. Or check it out live on pay-per-view through the ESPN bullcrap. Well, folks, with that, that's all I got this week on the toast. Stay tuned. I'm running solo this week. Coming up next, we're going to break it down. We're going to let you know where you stand. All the good news coming up. Rep your say. You're listening to the E's and B's Podcast. Everybody's favorite part of the show. Get out your jams, your jellies, your cinnamon, your sugar, your butter. It's time to spread it. It's the toast. 
Like I said, rolling solo this week, so it's going to be a little different, a little quicker. Let's get to the shout-outs. I want to give a huge shout-out to Rocky Mountain Pro and Matt Yaden. Shout-out to Dustin Urich. Shout-out to Remy D. Shout-out to Balaam Lennox. Shout-out to Lilith Grimm. Shout-out to No Prep Fan Steve. Shout-out to No Prep Felons Bob. Shout-out to Turbo John. Shout-out to SRC Garage. Shout-out to DNR. Shout-out to Dirty South Racing Channel. Shout-out to Limpy's YouTube channel. Shout-out to Lee Out Loud. Shout-out to the Winnipeggers. I want to give a big shout-out to my boy, Neil, Brian, Tony, Ty. want a huge shout-out to my father. So glad that he's doing better. And also a huge shout-out to all my peeps there at The Green Solution, 810 North College Road, Fort Collins, Colorado. Check them out for all your cannabis needs. That's The Green Solution. What up? Jay! All right, coming up this month, folks, like I said, just a couple weeks away, we're going to have Remy D right here on the E's and B's telling a feel-good story. Man, it's been a long road for him to get into that squared circle. It happened just this last week, and I cannot wait for him to come on. We're going to dive in, talk all about it. Of course, he's been on here before, so we're going to touch on what we talked about then, and then, of course, where he's at nowadays. Also, folks, stay tuned. Coming up this weekend on the YouTube channel, don't miss out. We'll be posting on the, uh, all the social media outlets there at easeandbees.org. We're going to be having a special giveaway all month long, so make sure you're paying attention to the YouTube channel because that's going to be the only way you can win. Um, it'll be coming out sometime Saturday, so keep your eyes out for that. Also, folks, all month long on the Ease and Bees merch store, which you can go to easeandbees.org. Dot org. Click on the E's and B's merch store link. It'll drive you right to the T Public spot. It'll put you in our E's and B's storefront. We're gonna be having sales all month long of November. So make sure you guys are checking that out. I'll be I'll be posting up on the Twitter and Facebook machines to let you guys know all about those. So make sure you guys keep your eyes out. Hey man, special cheap clothing there. On our storefront, get it while it's hot and for whoever needs it there for the Christmas season. With that, folks, let's get into this day in sports. 1994, Penn State edges past Indiana 35-29 at Memorial Stadium in Bloomington after the Hoosiers erupt for 22 points in the final 6 minutes and 22 seconds. As a result of a narrow margin of victory, the Nittany Lions fall from the first to second in the AP polling behind Nebraska. Penn State will finish the season 12-0, including a 38-20 victory over Oregon in the Rose Bowl on January 2, 1995, but will finish the season second in the final poll to determine the national championship. The Cornhuskers will receive that honor with a 13-0 record and a 24-17 triumph win over the third-ranked Miami Hurricanes in the Orange Bowl. And that, folks, is this day in sports. Kind of ironic that that was this day in sports, as we talked earlier just this week. You know, the AP polls coming out for the college playoffs. You know, a lot of questions on who should be in and who should be out. Make sure you guys leave all your comments. Heck, like we always say, pass the gravy. Spread the butter, tell a friend, tell a fan member, tell someone about the best breakfast wrestling and sports podcast on your Fridays. Hey, if you're an athlete, race car driver, wrestler, or just plain someone looking to promote yourself, get at us at podcast at gmail.com. Send us your story. We'll get you on air and let you promote yourself. That's podcast at gmail.com if you're looking to promote. Also, folks, if you're checking things out, go to Sports Clips as they got a special promotion. Just a couple more weeks left. We talked about it not too long ago. Help a hero. A lot of cool items you can donate on or uh, buy raffle tickets to win. There's some E's and B's merch over there, gift cards, all kinds of cool stuff. Go check it out. It's Sports Clips. Help a hero right here in Colorado. Also, folks, going forward and also don't forget... You know, with all this craziness in the world going down, if you have any questions and need any help out there, make sure you guys go to easeandbees.org where the help hotline is listed right there, folks. Don't hesitate. Text, call someone, family member, friend, 
neighbor, coworker, anyone. If you're having any kind of questions, issues, problems out there, don't hesitate because I promise you folks, there is somebody out there that cares. With that, folks, we're going to dive into Lauren's numbers and things this week going down right here. November 5th, Friday, 2021. It's Nacho Day. Love Your Red Hair Day. Jersey Day. And also, folks, going down on Sunday, don't forget, it's Daylight Savings Time in. So make sure you set your clocks appropriately. With that being said... Let's get to it and rip your city. All right, some new ones this week on the top 10. Starting out number 10, we got Washington, the District of Columbia. Welcome to the top 10. Number nine is Prescott, Arizona. Number eight, Phoenix, Arizona. What up, Arizona? Welcome to the top 10. Number seven, Longmont, Colorado. Number six, Zionsville, Indiana. Who's yours? Number five, Morasses, Virginia. Another new one. Welcome to the top five, baby. Thank you so much, out there. Number four, Frankfurt, Germany. Number three, San Jose, San Jose, California. Number two, Fort Collins, Colorado. And that's right, folks. Once again, holding it down. Number one, right here, home state. Denver, Colorado, folks. Thank you so much for all the love out there. Like we always say, make sure you guys like, share, subscribe, leave us a comment, or like Lauren always says, give us that five-star review on the Google. Those help us out tremendously. Also, don't forget to hit up the merch store. Check us out next week. We got a lot of good feel-good stories coming all month long right here on the E's and B's. And until next week, you folks know the drill. Make sure you... Hey, yo!